Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you together today. We pray, Lord God, that you would be here powerfully in the midst of us, that you would fill my words uh, with your words, Lord God, that I would faithfully preach them to your people, and that we would hear your word and be transformed through it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Please be seated. It's so good to see you all today. Well, I was trying to think of something that could really convey the power and the grandeur of that gospel passage we just read together, the story of the transfiguration. And so what I came up with was duct tape, right, which I'm sure you will be immediately apparent that the connection here, right, duct tape and the glory of God, no, it's not not working for you. Well, I was thinking, okay, duct tape, right? It looks ordinary, doesn't it? Right? Most of the time. Right? Because there's nothing. I mean, these are kind of cool. These, this is when you live in a house with girls. You have duct tape like this, like paisley pattern and then purple. Um, but duct tape normally looks pretty boring, doesn't it? Right? It's that kind of silvery, metallic, nothing really to it. But when you are in a bind, what does duct tape become? Everything. I mean, what can you do with duct tape when you need to? If duct tape can't fix it, nothing can. That's from Cass. That's right. Um, You can make new soles for your shoes from this stuff. You can, like, patch a tire, or you can, well, temporarily. You can, um, what else can you do with it? Oh, if, like, your tent stake breaks in the woods and your tent won't stay up, you can patch it with duct tape and a stick. You can do, I mean, you can do almost anything with it. That's right. What's that? You can glue your seat together. Glue your seat together. That's right. Absolutely. Just God be with you when it gets hot on that seat and that that glue starts to melt onto you. That's no fun. Then it becomes a, a, a hair remover. It's pretty remarkable what you can do with duct tape, right? For the most of the time, though, it sits on the shelf. Shelf. It's it's potential uses untapped, just there waiting for that moment when you're in need. And when you're in need, oh, how wonderful duct tape can be. All right, we'll see if that works. But here we go. Let's look at our gospel passage, right? In our gospel passage, Jesus takes three disciples up on the mountain to pray with him. Who does he take? Peter, James, and John. Why does he take those guys? They're the closest, right? Jesus seems to like these guys better. Uh, Who knows why? Right, They are the inner circle of disciples who go with him on everything. He always takes these three with him. right? And so while they're there, they're up praying, Jesus is transfigured before their very eyes. What does he look like? Radiant, right? His his skin begins to to shine and his clothes became radiant. He kind of goes thermonuclear, right? He just goes, whoo! And suddenly, I imagine there was some kind of noise associated with it. Because it's just awesome looking, right? And so suddenly he's there glowing. And who's with him? Who shows up? Moses and Elijah. Where have we heard of these guys from? The Old Testament, right? Um, And so these two guys, Moses and Elijah, are there with Jesus. And they appear in glory as well. Where'd they come from? Anyone know? Heaven, that's right, because they're long dead, right? So they come, and they're appearing with Jesus, and they're speaking to him of his departure. 
which in the Greek, the word is exodus, the word for departure. Is that significant? Right, because what did Moses, what was he there for? The exodus, right? And in the exodus, what happened? God led his people miraculously out of slavery in Egypt to freedom, where they could follow him and worship him. And do you think it'd be significant that they'd be talking to Jesus about his exodus, his departure, because what was earned in that departure? Our salvation, our forgiveness, and our deliverance. Kind of cool, isn't it? It's almost like God is awesome that he does stuff like that, right? It really is like he's awesome. Right? He is, does these miraculous things and ties them together in ways that we could never comprehend on our own or think of on our own. So they're talking to Jesus about his exodus. And Moses and Elijah, they represent what is called the law and the prophets. Right? Moses is the law, Elijah is the prophets. And so they together represent the totality of the Old Testament. Right? Everything was looking forward to him. And now they're looking forward to his departure, they're all looking forward. The law and the prophets are all looking forward to how Jesus would culminate all of history. It shows that everyone, even in heaven, is eagerly anticipating the saving work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So then Peter uh, interrupts this whole beautiful scene by saying some stuff, which we won't dwell on. He probably wishes he didn't say it. Our gospel passage makes it sound like he didn't wish he said it, say it, because it says he didn't know what he was talking about, right? It's kind of like this caveat on there. Um, and then we hear God the Father speak. And he says, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. Where have we heard those similar words before? At Jesus' baptism, that's right, in the Jordan River. The, almost the same formula. This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And at this pronouncement, everything goes instantly back to normal. Moses and Elijah are gone. Jesus is looking like the normal guy he looked like when he walked around normally. And it's only Jesus and his three disciples there on the mountaintop. And then they go down the mountain. And as they get down to the valley, what's going on down in that valley? There's a crowd, that's right. And what's the crowd all in a hubbub about? There's a kid, right? And what's wrong with the kid? He's possessed by demons and he keeps getting thrown on the ground and thrashes around. And what's been, what have the disciples been trying to do? They've been trying to heal him. They've been trying to exercise him, right? They've been trying to cast this demon out. And how successful have they been? Not at all. And so you think they're excited to see Jesus? Do you think they're kind of freaked out? Right? Confronting demons is no simple thing. Right? I'm, so I'm sure some of you have been there in your lives. It is a terrifying matter many times. And here, the disciples have been trying all they know how to do. And it has not been working. And they are probably freaked out at this point. And so the dad runs up. Uh, the dad runs up to Jesus and says, please help my son. Just look at him and help him. And Jesus simply 
and easily casts the demon out of this child and heals him, it says as well. Jesus has shown himself to be the Son of God on the mountain through the transfiguration, the one who the law and the prophets were looking forward to, and he has shown himself to be the Son of God through his power over evil in the valley. Jesus has revealed that the Son of God is here to save and to set free, to throw off the yoke of oppression, and to crush evil under his heel. And the passage that closes this, or the line that closes this passage says, And all were astounded at the greatness of God. Well, go figure. I, I would have been too, right? This was pretty impressive what had just taken place. These two events, on the mountaintop and in the valley, are linked closely together here in this passage. Both of them are manifestations of the glory of God. And we see in this passage that Jesus is the God of the past, right, through his connection with Moses and Elisha. We see that he is the God of the present through his casting this demon out of this boy. And we see that he is the God of the future because he and Moses and Elijah are speaking of what would be accomplished in Jerusalem. Right? We see that God is not just a God who is, was there and is not anymore or is just today but not in the future. We see that we worship a God who is there in the past, who is here today, and who is there in the future as well. And the promise of this God is that he can heal us now. He is not disattached or disassociated from us. He steps down into our demon-possessed valley and he casts out evil so that we can be set free, so that we can be healed, and so that we can be redeemed. We desperately need this too, don't we? We desperately need to be set free. And Christ has come to do this. That's why what he was to accomplish in Jerusalem was what he and Moses, Moses and Elijah were speaking about. The saving work of Jesus is the focus of history and the hope of the present and the thing that shapes the future. That work he was going to do in Jerusalem was that he was going to be crucified, he was going to die, he was going to rise again, and then he was going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. That all took place in that city. And because of that, Jesus was there to cast out the demons and to give us life. Now, this might seem disassociated from us by a few thousand years, but the reality is, is we live in the same situation today. When we are apart from Christ, we're in bondage to sin and death. We are powerless to free ourselves from this state, just like this young boy, and just like his father, and just like the disciples we are unable to free ourselves from this condition. There was nothing they could do to free themselves or to get that demon out of that boy. They were stuck until Jesus Christ came and delivered him. It's essential that Jesus, the Son of God, steps down into our world and takes our sin upon himself so that we could be set free. Because this is a battle that's beyond our ability to control or to wage. 
Now, I use this duct tape as my prop um, because it appears to be ordinary, but in fact, it's quite extraordinary, especially when we're in need, right? Especially when times get tough and we need something, right? Duct tape comes through for us so many times, and it's remarkable. But does duct tape fall short? Yeah, it's not a perfect illustration, is it? Right, because duct tape is only temporary at best. Jesus Christ is so much more. Because he's the one who can not only mend our lives, but do it permanently and without the sticky residue. Right? Jesus can do it. And so today, as we reflect upon the transfiguration, may we remember that the reason Jesus Christ revealed himself was for you and for me, so that we could see him as he truly is, and so that we could put our faith in him, so that we could believe that he is the Son of God, the Messiah, and so that in believing in him, we could be set free. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are able to do so much more than we could ask or imagine. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to see our brokenness, help us to see our need for you, Lord, and help us to entrust our lives to you. We pray, Lord God, that you would mend us. Lord, and not a temporary fix, but a permanent one. Lord, transform our lives, that we might love you, that we might serve you, that we might care for the people who you have placed in our lives as well. And Lord, fill our lips with your praise, that we might preach your good news to those people we come into contact with this week, that we might share your hope, Lord, and that you would set people free through the power of your gospel. Lord, we are yours, and we commit ourselves to you now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.